Appreciate it. It's good to be in the house of God, isn't it? Man, I do feel His presence and feel His power tonight. Amen. Tanine and myself, we're so glad to be here. And we have been part of your family for a few months now. And we have enjoyed the preaching. We have enjoyed the teaching. We have enjoyed the devotions. We have enjoyed the move of God. It's been a time of refreshing to our hearts and lives. We've been in the ministry for over 40 years. And we pastored Southside Assembly of God for 25. Pastored it a little bit more. But, amen, we pastored there for 25 years and felt like we needed to step down and that God had something else for us. You know, amen, sometimes it's hard to make the next step. And I appreciate the board saying, hey, we'd like for you to stay and this and that. Not too many churches say that nowadays. Uh, but we really felt like it was God's time. And we hope that you find God's time and that you hear God's voice. And the step that you might have to make might be a little bit hard, but I'll tell you what, amen, there's nothing like, amen, on this journey with God and making the decisions and all what you need to do, amen, to do for the kingdom of God. It's so good to have my son and, amen, his beautiful wife, Hope, amen, Jonathan and Hope, and they're expecting, and we're expecting great things. <laughs> amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bible, amen, whether it's on your phone or whether it's in your lap or, amen, your Bible, whatever it is, would you turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, starting with verse 3. Amen. I, I really prayed and sought the face of God, and I really feel that the church is in the spirit of revival right now. I feel that there's something that is turning and turning and turning, amen, within this church. And I thought, man, you know, I would love, you know, I love to preach on the Holy Ghost. I love to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the workings of the Holy Spirit. And I love to teach on it also. And, uh, and it seemed like I, I got a bit of that, but it seemed like the Lord began to uh, take me somewhere else. And it was kind of hard to turn myself away from what I wanted to preach. But when I surrendered to the Lord, amen, things began to change. Scriptures began to come. And I'll tell you, we can make it hard for ourselves in life in many ways. We can make it hard to serve God if we do things the hard way. But once we have surrendered to the Lord, it's more easy to give up, right? Praise God. So let's, let's read God's Word. It says, you therefore must. Amen. Everybody say must. Amen. Everybody must. If you're going to do it, you must. I made up my mind. Amen. I'm... I'm, I'm going to do it. It says, you therefore must endure hardship. Now, I don't want to lose you right now. Amen. Because hardship is not always hard, hard, hard. And what he's talking about here, amen, that there is a level maybe of difficulty that you have to achieve. And the Apostle Paul was not trying to, amen, uh, intimidate or trying to take away young Timothy's victory from his first church that he was pastoring, amen, there's going to be joy. There's going to be a move of the Holy Ghost. There is going to be the gifts of the Spirit that's going to be an operation in this church. But he said also there's going to be a few hard things. There's going to be a few hard obstacles, but you must endure. You must keep on. And he says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good. Everybody say good. 
God wants you to be a good soldier, not a bad soldier. He wants you to be a prepared soldier. It says here, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, for no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Amen. The hard-working farmer. Amen. And this is not a negative thing. It's someone that plants. It's someone that harvests. It's someone that puts some sweat to it. Amen. Hard work. Amen. What you sow is what you're going to reap. And so the Bible says here that Amen. It says, I almost lost it. It says, the hardworking farmer must be first to, pre, to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things he says. And he goes on to say, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble, amen, as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, and that they may also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. For this is a faithful saying, for if he, we died with him, we shall also live with him. And if we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. I want to preach on the subject for a little while, on dealing with the hard Father, I love you tonight, and I thank you for Calvary. I thank you, Lord God, that you demolished the devil, and you gave us victory to have dominion over sin, Lord. Oh, God, to conquer and to conquer and to conquer, for you said that we're more than conquerors. I pray that, Lord, this night that you will speak to the people that, Lord, I feel that you laid upon my heart this week, some that might be going through some hard things, some that may be receiving things from the Lord that may be seeming hard, but are not really as hard as what they really think. Oh, I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus that you will help us, God, to go the next level, to go the next step, and we'll give you all the praise and glory. We thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon the hearers, and I thank you for the anointing myself in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. My wife, Tanine, and myself have traveled across this country. Amen. When I first started out, I started out as an evangelist and preached many revivals in many states. And, and as we pastored, we went and we went to a lot of cities. We went to a lot of mountains. We, we went to a lot of seashores within our time. And, uh, and just a, two or three years ago, we flew out to Colorado and we got a rental and we went up to Pikes Peak. Now that was tough. Woo! We went to Pikes Peak. And it was tough riding in the car. I mean, as we got to going up that steep, man, there was pressure on my chest. And, and we bought all these little bags of potato chips. And, and they were busting and popping and exploding in the back seat. Woo! I tell you, man, I almost didn't make it to the top. And I was in a car. But before we went, we knew that there were some trails, and we knew that there was a lot of walking that was involved where we were going to go. We were going to explore some places in, uh, uh, in Utah, uh, besides there in Colorado, and, 
And uh, we were going to go up to Montana. We were going to go to Yellowstone National Park, all that kind of stuff. And right below uh, there is a wilderness, a great wilderness. In fact, there are three of these wildernesses. And one of them is called the Bridger National Wilderness. It's below, right below Yellowstone National Park. You think if you have been to Yellowstone National Park that it's really big, but this place is really big. In fact, this one wilderness out of three wildernesses is located at Teton, amen, National Forest in Wyoming. And it says that it is 428,000 acres plus wilderness over everything and for hardened outdoor people. Over 600 miles of trails. I don't know how many miles we went, but I know, I don't think it was over 50. I don't think it was over 20. Amen, whatever. But they say that they have lower elevations to higher elevations. And they say that in this place that there are seven out of 10 of the world's largest glaciers that are there. Now, there are a lot of things that I've seen driving by. A lot of places you can pull off on the side. But a lot of times, some of the most beautiful things that you want to see is off the beaten path. It's on a trail somewhere. We found that out. We began to walk before we went, and we should have walked a lot sooner. But you know, amen, sometimes we make things hard for ourselves, don't we? And before we went, we tried to walk where... We could go to a lot of places. We wouldn't be out of breath as much. And you know, the Bible says, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Amen. There's a lot of preparation that is involved. You know, they said that in this one wilderness, when there's a box and it has suggestions in it, and I want to read you a few. Amen. People that tried to make some of these high up places and see these glaciers, and, and when they came back, they put these cards in this suggestion box, and it said trails need to be reconstructed. <laughs> Amen. Number two, it says, please avoid building trails that go uphill. It said too many bugs and leeches and spiders and spider webs. Please spray the wilderness to rid the areas of these pests. I mean, it's a, it's a big area, isn't it? And I mean, I don't believe these people were just faking this out. Please pave the trails. Chairlifts needed, amen, to the views without having to hike to them. Another guy says, the coyotes made too much noise last night and kept me awake. Please eradicate these annoying animals. Even though people go there to see these animals. One lady said that a small deer came into my camp and stole my jar of pickles. And she responded, is there a way that I can get reimbursed? Please call blah, 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 blah. One guy said escalators. Escalators could help on steep uphill sections. A McDonald's would be nice at the trailhead. Too many rocks are in the mountains. That was what was in the suggestion box. And you know, I, I can understand that there are times that, <laughs> times that there are places because of our health or because of our age, you know, sometimes there are some limitations that are there. But you know, really in life, we don't like the hard. Amen. We like the easy way, don't we? But you know, some of the best things, and I'm not saying it's all things. I'm not saying that this thing is just hardships and living a Christian life continually. But some of the best things in life take diligence. It takes a lot. 
Amen. The word for hard is, is not just a negative thing. Every time that Paul says, give diligence to this, give alertness to this, hurry up and do this, do it quickly. Amen. This is a work that must be done. He's talking about let's get hard with it. Amen. There's things called hard bodies. Amen. A hard body is somebody that's usually muscled up, so that's not totally negative. And my friend, we need to get muscled up as the family of God today. There are people today that are looking too much Amen for the easy things within life. And as I said, we're not to do things uh, just the hard way. We need to do it the smart way. But sometimes we need to prepare. Amen. We make things hard for ourselves because sometimes we don't prepare. And as I said, my wife and I, we walked before we went. And it says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Before we went on vacation, I studied every area that we went to where we could spend our money wisely, where we could see the best sites, where I knew what I was really getting into. In fact, even on some areas where there was beautiful waterfalls, I wrote down my settings for my camera, amen, and, and, and everything. I, I wanted to be ready for just about everything. I believe that God wants us to be ready. And I know that we can come short in many areas in this life, but I believe that God wants us, amen, to be ready. Amen. In 2 Timothy 2 and 15, it says, be diligent. Amen. To present yourself approved to God. Diligent. Amen. Let's get it hard going. He says, we need to hurry up. We need to learn what we need to learn. We need to face what we need to face. Amen. And, and, and we need to be teachable and we need to do the will of God. Jesus prepared himself after 40 days coming out of that wilderness. Amen. Had not eaten. Amen. And there was a devil tempting him. But my friend, he overcame him by the word of Almighty God. There was hard situations that Solomon had to face. There were areas where he had to judge, but God gave him wisdom. And the Bible says, any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So there are areas, amen, and the Lord began to speak to me that there were different areas within our lives in this church that we find things sometimes hard. And the Lord really spoke to my heart, Brother Miller, that the Lord wants us to conquer those hard things, the things that have held you back, the things that have kept you back, the things, amen, that you said, I don't know if I want to try that. I might make myself silly. I might, amen, be embarrassed. I tell you what, there's nothing. If you're going to be embarrassed, be embarrassed doing something for God. Amen. I'll tell you where real embarrassment is. It's sitting down and doing nothing. Amen. It's shutting up and not saying anything. It's not sharing the message of Christ really with anybody. We need to prepare. And, and there's, there's nothing, amen, like being baptized in the Holy Ghost. You see, sometimes churches and pastors and many people, they have it or they're doing something in a hard way because they're not being led of the Spirit or because they're not being empowered by the power of the Holy Ghost. You know, right, right after I was saved, everybody in the church, amen, uh, uh, they emphasized be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And I thought, well, why, why? Why be filled with the Spirit? Well, I found out later that you can overcome a lot of things better. Amen. I found out that there's a lot of things that you can face better. I found out that there's that you can be used even better. And the Holy Ghost baptism can make some hard things to, uh, to be dealt with in an easier way. And some of the church, sometimes we're, we're dealing with things without the complete help of God. Now you might have... 
might have the measure uh, uh, of the spirit that you got that when you were born again. But God is wanting you to have a fuller measure in your life. If this church is really going to go to the next level, amen, some people need to face some hard things. What's hard to you may not be hard to the other. But my friend, we cannot measure everybody else. It's a personal walk. It's a personal experience. Amen. And I read this about a great preacher of yesteryear. Amen. Of Reverend Samuel Chadwick. Amen. He was called at 14 to start preaching in the 1860s at the age of 21. And he became a pastor. He relied on his meticulous sermons to move man. There was a lot of people that showed up, but there was a whole lot of people that got saved. There was a lot of people that came to hear him and to hear his words that he had learned and, and to explain things like nobody else could explain, but there was very little that was done through his life. And then, and then, but later he became concerned with a lack of power in his life. And he began to hunger more for God. Amen. One night the Holy Ghost was searching and convicting him concerning his pride in his sermons. And after he, the Holy Ghost began to deal with him. And, and he became convicted in his life. And he thought, you know what? I've worked on these sermons so hard. But I'm not getting as much results. And the Lord began to deal with him. He said, you're, you're trying to fool with men's ears. You're trying to do it in the wrong way. And if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it in my way. And he began to seek for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes ministries, men find it more hard. Amen. If you do it your way or do it with your measure. And, and everybody, everybody, it's God's will for everybody to be baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. The Bible says that his pride was so great. And you know what the Holy Ghost told him to do? The Holy Ghost told him to take all those sermons and throw them in the, in the fire. And when he threw them in the fire, Brother Miller, God baptized him in the Holy Spirit. And he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God really gave them utterance. He said this as he puts it in his, uh, in his book. He says, the results were immediate. Now there's differences in people. But he says the difference was immediate in his life. There was a greater peace. There was more a thrilling joy. There was a new sense of power. What we before failed to do with strenuous power came to pass without any great effort. Tremendous amounts of people were starting to be saved. And he said, this experience gave me the key to all my thinking, all my service, and all my life. It opened up my life to the Scriptures in a different way. The things that were stumbling blocks became stepping stones to me. This power gave me discernment beyond all human reasoning new understanding a new prayer life a new wisdom and a new power the Holy Ghost baptizes in fire and spirit filled souls blaze for God a love that is greater amen with a glow believing with a faith that kindles to serve with a devotion that consumes to hate sin with a fierceness that burns to rejoice with a heart amen that radiates it changed his life and what changed his life changed other lives you see, as long as you look at something hard. It's like, and, and you know, my father went four years before he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's no telling how many people prayed for him. In fact, after all that time, a lot of people lost faith. <laughs> I mean, they would hold up his arms. After the preacher had given the altar call, they would pray, they would pray, they would pray. And he had some problems. His problems were 
that he got his mind on people too much in the altars. He said, you know, I, I, I just get close to speaking in tongues and somebody's shaking me. Somebody's spitting in my face. Well, we need to use wisdom, right? And what we do, just because you feel it in your hand, don't mean that I'm going to feel it in my body. Amen, we've got to use wisdom. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying we need to use wisdom. And you know, he went for years, but, there, uh, but you know, when it really came down to it, amen, he had to really believe that the Holy Ghost was for him. Amen. He had been raised a certain way. He had been taught a certain way. He was looking at this and that and feeling this and that. And when he was by himself that night, he was the last person there at the altar praying and everybody else had left. They were waiting for him to quit. They were waiting for him, amen, to go back to his seat. And all of a sudden he began to speak with the most beautiful language that I'd ever seen. Amen. I mean, he began to dance around with people. He got a hold of their hands and they went around in circles. He shouted. My dad had to have his, his hair in a certain way. He had to, it had to be right in place all the time. His hair was out of place. He danced around with people, shouted all around the church. And you know what? Amen. The church shouted too. They knew it was the power of the Holy Ghost in his life. If you want to do things a little bit easier, you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. They say that marriages are usually better when they're baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to say something that might, might, it may be a little bashful. My wife is saying, what is he going to say? But they even say, study has showed that intimacy is even better. Amen. With Pentecostals. Somebody needs to look around to their spouse and say, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then there are some of you that need to turn around to somebody and say, you need a double portion of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Woo! You see, the, the world today and many denominations and, I, and assemblies of God minister, but now we're going back to some hard times. Some things that were a little bit easier, we're making a little bit hard. You've got to watch it about the programs. And there's nothing wrong with organization. There's nothing wrong with a program. But when the Holy Ghost is not in it, when the Holy Ghost is not in that sermon, it's going to be hard. Amen. The faces are going to look hard. I remember when I was in Springfield at our national headquarters there, and all the denomination heads, including the Church of God, was there. One day I was there, and they were coming out of the bill, out of the out of the room where they had met. And, and so they're, they're talking about things, talking about ministry, talking about what they can do for America and all that kind of stuff. And one of the head guys, the president, I won't name what it is, but he is the head of one of the biggest or really the biggest non-Pentecostal organizations. The president came out and he was talking to our general superintendent and he said, I, I need to talk to you a little bit. And he said, well, 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 well yeah. And so he was shaking the hands of different ones as they were leaving. And he went over to the side and he said, I just don't get it. And he said, well, what is it you don't get? He said, some of our missionaries, most of them, when they go overseas, we have four missionaries to a car. And he said, well, I still don't understand where you're going with this. And he said, it's about your young people. He said, how can they raise so much money for missions? to buy those vehicles for our missionaries. Said every one of your missionaries have a vehicle to themselves, but we have to share and it holds us back from going to villages and going to places and all that. He said, what is it that's making them do this? 
And he said, I've been telling you for a long time, it's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and he said, I, I still don't understand. He said, that's your problem. You're trying to understand it with your brain. Amen. We make things so hard sometimes when we try to understand things with our own brain. When the Bible says we need to have the mind of Christ and there's nothing like a church that's been moved on by the Holy Ghost. A pastor that has been moved on by the Holy Ghost. A board that's been moved on by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Teachers that have been moved on by the Holy Ghost. The rest of everybody that has been moved on by the Holy Ghost. What it is, our young people's got on fire for God. Amen. What has the Holy Ghost done? It takes you to another level. It takes you to another level. And, and not only did it take them to another level in their sanctification, amen, not only in living for God, and it, but, but it took them to another level in their witnessing. Amen. You see, one thing that the Holy Ghost will do is to give you boldness. It will not give you stupidity. It will not give you ignorance, but it'll give you boldness. And I think that's something that we're lacking. Amen. We, we build these churches. And, and we, in fact, uh, one of the men in the summons of God that raises more money for missions than anybody that was in a missions conviction. And at the end, before receiving the offering, there was a young man that was leading the worship. And he was saying, singing a chorus saying, Lord, bring them in. Lord, bring them in. And, and I won't sing it because I would mess it up. It's already been messed up anyhow. And he went to him and said, son, what you're speaking is, is not doctrine. Amen. It's not God's will for us to build these churches and just expect sinners to be running in and getting saved and people being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'll tell you why. A lot of people aren't going to church uh, today is because they're tired of dry preachers and tired of dry ministers and tired of dry greeters and tired, amen, of dry people. Amen. And why go to a church if you're not going to get anything? We need the power of the Holy Ghost back in our movements today, my friend. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I appreciate your greeters. Boy, I love it. Love it when they wave. They do the extra. They go out of their way. I like that. I talked to my wife and I said, man, they're going out of their way. I believe that there's a reason why they're going out of their way. I believe they want people to come to this church. And if you really want this church to grow, amen, it's not all up to your pastor. Don't wait on your pastor. He's waiting on you. That's right. He preaches, he teaches, and everybody else does. And you go out and you bring them in. You go out and you win the lost. We need another touch of the Holy Ghost or things will become harder. Yeah, amen. Without the Holy Ghost, you got to have more stuff. Without the Holy Ghost, you have got to give more stuff away. And not, I'm not against certain things, but if you're just going to rely on that, there's something wrong. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. And he told him again, it's the Holy Ghost in our young people. That's why they're raising that money. That's why our missionaries are going out and winning a lot more people than you are. It's because they're on fire for God. They need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. When Elisha asked for twice the anointing that his mentor Elijah had, he said... To him, you have asked a hard thing. In 2 Kings chapter 2 and verse 10, it says, And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Many miracles were done by the prophet. And he went 
to this little guy that was going to be the next prophet in his stead. And he was, a, was farming and he casted the mantle and told him, said, man, you need to come after me. There's a work for you to do. And he started following him everywhere that he went. First, he, he killed the oxen that he had, 12 yoke of oxen. Boy, that was worth a lot of money. But it wasn't hard to go back home after he did that. You know, there are some bridges that we need to burn in life. Some bridges that we really need to burn. Amen. And he went after him after he had really done that. And he began to walk. He began to ask questions. He began to see the miracle. He began to see great and mighty things. And he said, you know what? I want a double portion. Amen. Let me ask you something. Have you ever wanted a double portion of the Spirit? <laughs> but why not three times more? Why not four times more? Don't we have more sin out there more than ever before? Don't we have a lot more hard things out there, drugs and everything else? And here's the devil. Man, he's getting more mighty. He's getting more bold. He's winning more people. Man, he has got the fake news. He has got so much. He has got so many of our leaders. And where's the church? Where's the church? I'll tell you, not only do I think we need to seek after a double portion, but I think that we need a whole lot more than that to conquer what needs to be conquered. There's miracles that need to be done. The greatest of miracles is salvation. We need to win these people before they get too hardened. Amen. The reason why sometimes it's so hard for us to win people to God is that we have let them go too long in sin and let their hearts get hardened that we can't get them anymore. And the reason why there's no influence, there's got to be an influence. There's got to be a touch of the Holy Ghost upon our lives. My mother... She was a preacher's kid and backslid. And, and when the Lord was dealing with her to get back in church, I was about 12 years old or 13. And, and she, she, wasn't, she didn't go out and just start looking at the churches, going in the churches. She started looking at people in the factory where she worked and who lived the life and who showed more influence was going to make up her mind. Hey, man, she looked at a woman that had 12 children. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> 12 kids. And she had to be at work at 7. Dozens of eggs. Had to get up really early. Sometimes working 10 hours a day. Working a half a day, even on Saturdays. Having to, and she began to watch. She began to watch some of her hardships. And she began to watch how she dealt with her hardships. Began to just look at this lady. And she said, you know, that's where I'd like to go to church. She noticed a young man that she thought was a Christian and somebody put a, 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 a layout of pornography underneath his, his machine and, and she watched him see what he would do. And when he looked up and saw it, he ripped it down and he, he crumbled it up and threw it down. I tell you what, where did she go to church? She found out they went to a local Assembly of God church. That's where she got saved. My friend, there are things that are coming against us that are hard. They're trying to make you not pray. They're trying to make you, amen, not come to church. They're trying to tell you that, that you're not going to be any different when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But my friend, if there's no difference, you need to come back to the altar. You need to pray just a little bit more. But my friend, he said, I want a double portion so it's going to take more prayer maybe well how many people do you want to be saved 
How many people do you want to lead to Jesus? How many people do you want to see healed and set free by the power of God? How many people do you want to look at your life, amen, at, at the job and say, there's a difference in that guy? There's a difference. A young guy in our church, he invited a girl that didn't go to a Pentecostal church, came to our church here at Southside when I pastored, and, and she received the baptism. And when she went back, everybody said, there's something different about you. There's something different about your faith. There's a different glow upon your man there. Tell me what happened. Said, well, you need to come to church with me. Down there at Southside Assembly of God, on Wednesday nights when the youth gathered together, amen, they prayed for those to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And she said, if that's what you got, amen, that's what I want too. We really got to be sold on this thing. Really got to be sold on this thing. And uh, the prophet said, you have asked a hard thing, nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken. If you see me when I'm taken, it shall be for you. But if not, it shall not be so. And the prophet, many times, he tried to throw a little stumbling block. He said, now i got to go somewhere. I want you to stay here. I think you just wanted to see how, how bad do you want the Holy Ghost? How bad do you want this church filled up? Amen. It's not to glorify this church. It's to glorify God. Amen. It's to have testimonies after testimonies that will stand up and say, man, that guy over there came to me and told me about Jesus. I saw the love of God in their heart. I saw him pray for somebody. I saw a healing in my factory. Amen. I went to him when I was going to hardships. Or maybe, you, or maybe they saw you when you was going through a hard time in your life, but they noticed how you reacted to your hard time. They noticed that you had something about you that you were not going to give up. You were not going to give in and so where did he go he went to Gilgal he said stay here but he said no I'm going to go with you I want the anointing he went to Gilgal amen that was the first encampment when they crossed amen the uh, Jordan River it was where I think Saul was anointed king it was where Joshua was there ready to go in battle and the Lord showed up right by him and said Amen. I'm as the captain of the armies of God. I, here I am. And he began to speak to him and talk to him. There were many other things that were done there. There was Bethel, the place of decision. There was Jericho, a place of obedience and warfare. Amen. There was the Jordan that speaks of what God did once. God can also do it again. And it wasn't long that when he saw him go up in the air and the Lord did take him, he was present. He saw the mantle going down. He took the mantle, went back to the same river and said, where? is the Lord God, amen, of this prophet of God. I'm telling you folks, it's time to get full of the Holy Ghost. It's time to get, it might be a little bit harder for you. Amen. And, and you say, I don't understand it all. But that's where you trip. This is a believing thing. He said, in my name you shall cast out devils. In my name you shall lay hands on the sick. And he said that you will speak with new tongues. Them that believe... If you believe it, it's easier. It's not harder. If you believe it's for you, it's much easier. When harder times come, be a student and not a victim. You know, I prayed for many hours and I said, God, there's so much of this. And as the pastor says, it's, it's little time. 
amen, that we have. And we want people to be in the altars and be changed by the power of God. But we're living in a world that has thrown out the victim thing and thrown out the blame game. And I'm telling you, I know that people have gone through rough times. I know that there are people that have been forsaken. I know, amen, that there are people that even in the church that have fallen through the cracks and we didn't know that they fell through the cracks. But my friend, we're living in a victim Amen. Well, it was the pastor. He should have been a little bit more anointing. Or the greeter. He should have had a little bit more smile. Or this or that. I mean, there are hard times that we face. But the Lord began to speak to my heart and said, are you going to be a student in these hard times? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? You know, it's very true. How do you react when you're going through hard times, somebody's watching your life, especially the devil. And he plays upon how you react to certain things in your life. Amen. Hard things, hard seasons. Amen. We live in that victim culture. The apostle Paul went through, besides Jesus, went through about everything you could go. And let's go to the word of God in Philippians in chapter 4 and verse 9, which says, those things which we you have both learned. Amen. It's so hard. Some people never learn. As your mom said, well, you'll never learn. When you leave a church service, hearing a service, hearing a message like this this morning, have you forgotten it already? It's going to be so hard to live, for, to do great things for God if you have already forgotten the seed that has been sown in your heart. You need to think on it. You need to pray on it. You need to meditate. It was the Holy Spirit saying to my heart, saying to my life. But this is what he said. He said, those things which you have both learned, received, and heard, and seen in me, do. Do. And he goes on to say, I have learned. So we're, he was one of the most educated men in all history, but he's learning. He's learning about things that he never had to deal with. He's learning about people that he never had to deal with. He's learning about trials that before, amen, he, he had it made being the great Pharisee that he was before he got saved. He says, I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Have you learned? Or are you making it harder on yourself? I know both how to be a base. I know how to abound everywhere in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound. And he says, and to also suffer need. And, and he says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And we quote that so many times. And we say, God, why is it so hard? Because we have not learned. You, you can't really quote that scripture fully. And, and try to get out of some of the hard situations that you're in or even lead somebody out of those hard situations. I can do all things through Christ. No, you can't do it without learning. You can't do it without patience. Amen, it's the fruit of the Spirit. You gotta have patience. Faith needs patience and patience needs faith. There's some hard things. I can do, you can quote that all you want, but until you get down to a place and say, man, I've gotta learn. 
Where was it when the devil attacked me? When was it when the devil came in my home? When was it when these temptations came? When was it, amen, that when I stopped going to church? When was it when I stopped, amen, hungering for the power of the Spirit? And when was it when I stopped really reaching out to souls? Hard things. Hard things come. There are those also that make it so hard, and I'll try to get it quick here. There are some that make it so hard for God to fulfill His purpose also by comparing themselves with others. Now, these things are what God gave me. I didn't read them in a book. I felt, I prayed and prayed and and the Lord began to deal with me and said, there's so many victories that I want to do. There's so many people that I want to use. You can already see what God has done in this church. But there is so much more that God wants to do. And you've got to deal with the hard. You, got, you just can't stay where it's easy. You, you just can't stay where everything's just calm all the time. You say, yeah, but I, if I get in the middle of that, no telling what, I will stir up. Thank God. We need to stir up some things. If they're not any stirrings up, hey man, we haven't done our job. But sometimes we try to compare ourselves and we come short. We make it hard for ourselves. And there's someone in the church. I remember when I first got saved, I was trying to live like somebody that, was, that, that had been living for God for 20 years. I saw someone receive the baptism even in the same night that they got saved. And I, I couldn't, man, I went about four, four months. I went to youth camp and finally got it. I almost lost it too. <laughs> Amen. You meet the wrong people. Oh my goodness. And, and Gideon, I love Gideon. He's, he's, he's threshing weed in, in a wine press. He is down low in, in, like in a hole. The Midianites have stolen their grain and stolen people and taken captive and he's trying to hide. He, he's, he's trying to get some food together there. And all of a sudden, the Lord appears to him. In Judges 6 and 12, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. You mighty man of valor. He's thinking, what? I haven't raised a sword. I'm out here hiding from the enemy. God, what, what is really going on? Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Many times what makes it hard for our church to grow is that we compare with others. I, I just didn't receive the Holy Ghost like somebody else did. I, 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 it seems like right now I, I haven't really got the faith like so-and-so. So you stay, you stay in your little place. You, you stay where you're at. You, you, you feel like, man, this is just too hard because you saw someone get something so easy. Because you, 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 you see someone bless uh, so quickly and it seems like the bills are still stacked and all. And all of a sudden you're saying, man, I, I just can't believe this. I, I've been trying to have faith. I've been trying to believe God. And, and, and it seems like things get harder. And you compare yourself. I can't understand why that person that doesn't live for God like I do, why they got healed and I didn't. Comparisons. When I went to Bible college, 
I roomed with four, with three other guys. One guy was a straight-A student, and he never studied. He just listened. Straight-A student. Another guy that was there, he listened most of the time, halfway studied, and he made straight Bs. Me, I tried to be like them. And sometimes I wasn't making Cs. And I had to shake myself. And there are times they, I was the only one that had a car and they would find me in the library. I would hide up on another floor. I would hide back in somewhere almost in the dark. Couldn't hardly read. And, but they would find me. Yeah, let's go to Dallas. Let's go to a game. Let's do this. Let's go to the mall. And sometimes I was tempted. And I was the type of person that I had to study twice as much as they did. And I was beginning to fail. I was beginning to make things hard on me. The Lord saw that I had a lot of fire, but I didn't know as much what to do with that fire. And the Lord sent me there for testings. The Lord sent me there for some spiritual fathers. The Lord sent me there for experiences uh, where I had to have faith. And, and, and the Lord sent me there for many ways. But when you begin to compare yourself with everybody else, sometimes you, it makes it hard on yourself. And what you need to do is just get down on your knees, surrender your life to God, and just pour out your heart to God and say, Here I am, Lord. I, I need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You commanded us to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I want to do great things for you. And get your mind off on, on what somebody else is doing. Because I just feel in this service that someone's been holding back. Amen. Because you're looking to this person or you're looking that. Well, I just don't know the Bible like they do. Amen. And, and it makes things hard. <laughs> Well, my dad's granddad started in the ministry. He didn't know how to read. My, my grandmother quoted scriptures to him, and he would learn them, and he'd get up and preach the gospel. But he didn't continue to do that. He began to learn. He learned how to read. He went to seminars. He, he studied Bible prophecy. He, he did everything that he could, but he could have made it hard for himself. What if he stayed there at that level where my grandmother had to keep on quoting scriptures? Hard. Making it hard. I want to close with this. I went two years, two and a half years to college and went in full-time ministry. And the Lord, the Lord gave me dream after dream about going back. And I couldn't understand why I was having these dreams. And he wanted to teach me something, even through education. And what was it that I did not like when I started out in the ministry and that was reading? I didn't like to study. I wanted to be full of the Holy Ghost and go out and do great things, but I didn't want to apply myself to the Word of God. And I made it hard on myself. But the Lord sent me back after several years. And He did it in a deceiving way and used somebody, but He got me back. And one of the Final courses that I needed to take was college math. And that was the most hated subject in my life. I hated math. I couldn't understand math. I took business math. I took some other things. But I had to have help and all. And I was just one of those that just kind of lagged behind. And when I, when I opened the book with, with my instructor and I looked through it and I saw the algebra. And it wasn't just algebra. There was a whole lot of other stuff I never saw before. And I had some tears in my eye. I'm talking about a 
30-something-year-old man. I went up to the instructor, and we were supposed to take all this home and do it at home and go through a process. And, and I said, I don't think I can do this. And he said, if you will really get down and buckle down and get you a tutor, Jerry, you can do this. I said, I don't know if I can. He said, if you don't do this, you won't get your degree. And, is, and has God spoken you and told you to get that? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, you got to do this. Get you a tutor when you get back. I went back home to where I was pastoring then in the boot hill. And I went over to the high school and I took the book with me and I showed the algebra teacher. And she said, my God. She said, I've never seen most of this stuff before. And it scared the daylights out of me. And she said, but I know a retired school teacher up at Kennett that I believe can help you. And I went up there and she said, Pastor Jerry, I don't know most of this either. And it scared me again. I said, I can't believe it. These math teachers hadn't even seen most of this stuff. But you know what that teacher, that retired teacher said? If you'll let in me this book, I will learn. I will learn. And you know, it was hard for her. She, she couldn't see as good. And I was wondering, man, what have I got? She is my only hope. And she learned all of that. She wrote down examples for me. And I stayed there for two or three hours at a time. She, it was $10 an hour, really, but she never charged me a dime at the end. All she said is, would you give me that book? She treasured that book. And you know what I had to do? What I had to do is we had like four exams through the semester. And every day, like when I would do my homework, I had to repeat my homework every day because I just could not keep it in my brain. There were times I did homework over. I mean, every day it was over, it was over, it was over, it was over. And I did it three hours a day sometimes just to remember the algebra and all this pyramid stuff and everything else. That was the only way I could learn. And I was hoping just to get a D. That was my goal. If I get a D, this is going to work. But I tell you, I did that every day. It's hard. Pastoring, family, kids, it was hard. Over and over and over. And I was thinking, my sight, if I could just make a D, a passing D, I can get my, I made a B. I made a B. Oh, God's so good. Not everything is easy. Not everything is received so easy. But the Lord is speaking to this church. And He is saying, I want so much more. But you're going to have to do more. You're going to have to deal with some hard things. If it takes going over and over and over till you get the job done, if that's what it takes to build the kingdom of God, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to do it? Would you stand with me, please?